Become a Sustainer Circle member of KPFK by pledging at any level. per month, whatever suits you. This is Verdeen White of Earth, Wind & Fire, encouraging you to make your tax-deductible donation today at 818-985-5735 or kpfk.org. This is KPFK. 90.7 FM. Los Angeles. the icy cold curves of Angeles Crest Highway to the sunny shores of PCH. This is The Car Show broadcasting this Saturday and every Saturday on 90.7 KPFK-FM Los Angeles for the last 51 years, coming up on 51 years in one month. So that's pretty good. I am your humble host, Mark Vaughn from AutoWeek.com. I am joined this week and every every week by my favorite co-hosts in the world who can speak better than I can, Michelle Spencer our Orange County Bureau Chief, a radio veteran, a practicing attorney, and an owner of not one but two Mazdas, uh, one a Miata and one an RX-8. Welcome, Michelle. Hey, Mark. Good to see you again and be with you to talk about cars. And our good friend and an actual race car driver, a motorcyclist, and another automotive journalism veteran who broadcasts in both English and Spanish, host of Garage Latino on Believe Network, 20th year, Current president of Hispanic Motor Press, Ricardo Rodriguez Long. Muy buenas tardes, amigos y amigas. It's a pleasure to be here again with you. And let's see what we got, where we're going to go tomorrow, Sunday, because there's so many events here in California. So we're going to tell you all about what's going on. And we will in just a second, but we are still doing a pledge drive here at KPFK. Now, do not turn off your radios because we have some very interesting news to listen to. Uh, We have, uh, there's a new racetrack in Southern California that I'm sure you didn't know about. Uh, There's uh, action at other racetracks. We've got a couple of car reviews. We've got some legal stuff to find out who's suing who, where, and why. But in the meantime, to support this uh, journalism that you're getting here on this show and on every other show, KPFK needs your support. Not just your just your good vibe. So during Pledge Week, we ask you to plug in to kpfk.org and donating to this great show. Now, a few weeks ago, we got a very generous donation, and we thank those guys who donated. And we are looking for even more donations. If you could please be so kind as to go to kpfk.org. And uh, please donate, and we will uh, be sure and get uh, your name. If we get it, uh, we'll get it up on the show. And uh, if you can, you can also call in at 818-985-5735. Just uh, however small, however large you have, everybody's got big bank accounts out there, and the money's just sitting there. Why not put the money into good use and support the journalism that you get here on KPFK. You don't get it anywhere else. You're getting a perspective here that you don't find on any other station or possibly anywhere else in the world. The show that is right before ours is called Spotlight Africa. 
Every time I listen to that, I find out stuff I didn't know. The show right after ours, a Bill Gardner show called Rhapsody in Black, is a wonderful music state, a show that has music you didn't know you loved. And that's uh, just three of the shows. That's just our little part of uh, Saturday afternoon here is uh, working on KPFK. So if you would be, please be so kind, just a little bit of money. Eh? You think, oh, somebody else will do it. Nobody else is going to do it. It's up to you. We're counting on you. Please call 818-985-5735 or go to kpfk.org. Okay, so Mark, I think we can have... we do some? Can we do some matching? I mean, hey, I'll put my twenty dollars. Someone match me. Come on, it's not a lot of money, but those forty bucks are going to pay the electricity. So, come on, yep. make the phone ring. Give give the phone number again. See, we've got a pledge from Ricardo here. So, thank you, Ricardo, the host. He's taking this out of his uh, substantial pay that we're all earning here. Oh wait, we're not earning substantial pay. But uh, thank you, Ricardo, for that. And uh, please. Don't uh, hesitate to call 818-985-5735 or go to kpfk.org. Thank you, Ricardo. And we are looking forward to hearing from our listeners to support this show at this worthy cause here. Uh, and speaking of uh, the show, let's move right along and see what news we do have. And what, uh, first of all, we start with some calendar items. Let's see, Supercar Sunday, which we've talked about a lot of times is going on uh, Sunday, February 25th. That's tomorrow. They ask that you uh, please use Victory Boulevard and Mason Avenue entrance for uh, Supercar Sunday. It is at Pierce College at 6201 Winnetka, but you cannot get into it that way because those gates are closed. So go in Victory Boulevard and Mason. You never know what's going to be there. There are usually a lot of really nice Porsche 911s. So uh, check that out. And uh, Paris Auto Speedway, Michelle, what do we have out there? Well, tonight is the sprint cars in the dirt. So February 24th, gates open 5 o'clock. Plenty of time to get out there. Um, you go out on the 215 and get off at Cajalco Speedway. <laughs> Cajalco, I can't remember what that, they call Ricardo? it. Ricardo, is that anywhere near <laughs> correct? Cajalco. Cajalco. That's Spanish. I don't even know that's Spanish. Cajalco and go east. <laughs> Could be some made-up name. Yeah, yeah it's. Paris it has the, the fairgrounds. Actually, it's the state fairgrounds property where the track is. So uh, gates open at five, sprint cars and stock cars uh, open it and open up at seven as far as running qualifying rounds. And then the finals are around nine o'clock. They're going to also have a senior sprint car class and a young guns. They always have those uh, extra classes as well, which uh, lead up to the main sprint car event. And if you want to buy tickets ahead of time, go to parisautospeedway.com or just pay at the gate. It's $30 for adults. I think there's a military discount and I think it's $5 for kids. And then uh, because it's the state fairgrounds property, you have to pay parking separately. Uh, and that's cash when you arrive. So it's probably uh, just like going to the movies, 30 bucks, right? I don't know. How much is a movie ticket? Maybe a little bit more than uh, that. But, it's been uh, a while, but it's around 13 bucks, I think. It's, last it's time good I entertainment. It's good entertainment. They yeah. have an excellent sound system out there, and they coordinate it really well with the racing and chili dogs. Okay? Corn dogs, chili dogs, a lot of yes. good food out there. Stop mm -hmm. your heart, and your heart won't mind. 
Um, are we still doing the uh, the cancel due to flooding event here that we had? Well, we should Sorry. announce it since last week we were talking about the all Porsche annual right. swap meet, and that's Sunday the 25th. But they put a notice out this week that it's going to be canceled because the whole area where they were going to stage it was flooded from the last round of rain. And now they're getting this uh, other rain during the week that they don't yeah. think it's going to clear out in time to okay. set up all the vendor shops and the display areas. So it all is right. canceled for all Porsche at Chino. Thank you, Michelle. Michelle, are you, are you secretly a Porsche person in addition to a Mazda person? I uh, grew up with Porsches. Yeah, my dad okay. always had Porsches. Uh, Lucky he had you. 356s. I grew up in 356s. Wow. <laughs> Should have held on to those. Uh, okay. <laughs> and uh, still in the sort of the Inland Empire, maybe not quite. I guess it's a San Gabriel Valley. It's called the Gumball Rally. Now, this is not the same one that goes across the country at high speeds and Lamborghinis. This is motorcycle racing at Industry Hills Speedway, February 24th, 25th. So that's tonight and tomorrow, according to their website. At the uh, the Industry Hill Speedway is sixteen two hundred Temple Avenue, City of Industry, California. It's just you go down the sixty and you uh, go north a couple of blocks, well maybe a half a mile uh, to sixteen two hundred Temple Avenue, Industry Hill Speedway twenty twenty four Speedway motorcycle race season kicks off with the world famous gumball rally weekend ricardo what do you think of that if you have not seen speedway definitely it's something you want to check it out because uh, a lot of people are not familiar because it's not a sport that is very popular in the united states although in europe and australia it's big big motorcycling days uh, you know you just jump in a 500 cc motorcycle with no brakes and go full throttle single gear <laughs> Until the checker flag drops. Well, nothing is bad that, can happen. No. Is is that what we call flat track racing? Is it the same, uh, right? No, it's not the same at all. Different type of motorcycles. This is uh, usually a very short oval. Uh, the races are just four laps. And the, the, the rider's technique is really what makes a difference because you have no traction. So how they handle the curves. The, the motorcycle is, think much, much more like a sprint car where you're going sideways all the time. Uh, Similar to the what you mentioned, flat track, but flat tracks are much longer trucks, bigger motorcycles, uh, I think a lot higher final speed. But Speedway, it's the, the, the track itself is very narrow, so you really don't have a lot of room to pass. And it's all on the technique on how you go that first lap and the last lap to be able to, to, to make a pass. But it's, it's very, very, you know, it's very dynamic, a lot of action, uh, and definitely something that you want to enjoy at least once the and place itself it's really really nice they have done a, a beautiful job that facility is used also for a lot of uh, horse shows and stuff like that but uh it's going to be very very nice especially tomorrow that's the gumball rally motorcycle racing at industry hill speedway tonight and tomorrow they'll sell you the whole seat but you'll only need the edge okay i had to get that in sorry <laughs> um gates open at six first race seven thirty sunday is the Gumball Rally all kids racing for the coveted Gumball Machine trophies? And that event starts at uh, Sunday is uh, 12 p.m. Spectators absolutely free on Sunday. Saturday, I think you have to pay to get in. So check that out. And uh, Ricardo, what do we have coming up at tomorrow? Uh, the tomorrow, Peters tomorrow, tomorrow. We you know we need to go to the Peterson Museum. If you are into Ferraris, definitely that would be the day that you want to go to the Peterson Museum. 
Uh, check the website, uh, thepeterson.org, because there are several sort of programs going on. Uh, you have the, the car meet, the car show early on, then the museum opens. But then you can also uh, have a chance to see the Ferrari movie on a, sort of a special with a special group. So the details are on the website, but if you just want to enjoy the coffee in the morning, walking around all types of Ferraris, that would be the day that you want to go to the Peterson. I've uh, been to a, a few, maybe several of those, and there are always some really cool Ferraris. There are a lot of the, the more uh, recently built Ferraris, but there are, in addition to that, there's some cool stuff. Uh, Bruce Meyer, our friend, always brings something interesting. So go to peterson.org. That's all E's in Peterson. There's no O in Peterson. Peterson.org, and they'll give you lots of information about that. That is Sunday, February 25th, tomorrow, uh, starting at 8 a.m. And then also at the Peterson on February 28th, this kind of goes along with Black History Month. Very interesting exhibit. Uh, it's uh, a, a screening of the Smithsonian Channel documentary, The Green Book, Guide to Freedom. That's going to be Wednesday, February 20, February 28th. 6.30 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. It's in conjunction with the Smithsonian Institution Traveling Exhibition Services. And uh, the uh, name of the display is, uh, this is a direct quote from them, the Negro Motors Green Book. Now, uh, in the 1930s, if you were a black family or a black individual traveling around, there were you could not just stay anywhere. You couldn't just pull off of Route 66 and stay at a, a hotel you couldn't eat at a lot of places and this is kind of scary to think how close this kind of thing was still going on here in america but uh, it was and you can learn all about it on february 28th at the peterson museum 6 30 to 8 30 and you can also go to peterson.org to learn more about that so Getting uh, onto two wheels, Ricardo, take us to downtown LA. What do we got there? Well, on the on industrial street between Mateo and Alameda, we have the bike shed, a place that opened just a couple of years ago. Uh, and it's interesting because there was a construction going on when they opened. And I thought, wow, this is a nice place. It's a nice restaurant dedicated to motorcycling. So we have a motorcycling, uh, there's a retail store, there's a barber shop, a place for events. But I thought, this is kind of an odd place to open these, but I guess I did not do the proper research because that construction that was going on, now it's a huge residential building and there's another one just around the block. So now all these people have a great place to go to have lunch or dinner or enjoy motorcycles. They have events pretty much every other week or at least once a month. So you might want to join their club. It's it's You can uh, sign up at the bike shed and they also have i didn't know they have a place in london as well i think it's yeah. that too far and i don't think i could get there with my motorcycle but uh, it's uh, i'm sure mark you've been there right i've been there i've actually uh, paid my own money and had dinner there and it was delicious they have a nice you, you walk in and there's a sort of a circular bar and a lot of people hanging yep. out there and then there are tables all around that and it's a regular uh, restaurant bar kind of thing with a motorcycle theme and then, but the interesting part is the parking lot. So it's uh, sort of a, I don't know, how, we, how would you say it? It's off street parking. Uh, you go through a gate there and there's nothing but motorcycles there. And any given day there are, you know, maybe 50 or 60 motorcycles parked there and everybody's having a great time. Now, uh, there are events going on all the time there. 
And one coming up March 2nd from 9 to 12 is Italian Motorcycle Day at the Bike Shed. That's uh, uh, how far off in the future is that? A couple of weeks. March 2nd. Weeks. Yeah. Uh, gates for that Italian Motorcycle Day. I have uh, my Suzuki SV650. Looks like a Ducati. So I'm thinking of just putting uh, paper letters on the side that says Ducati. Mm -mm. Maybe I'll get away with that. Maybe no. not. I don't Who think knows? so. <laughs> you don't think so. Okay. Uh, uh, the, but they say Bike Shed Meetup. Hang out and see who's riding where that day. So they have these meetups on Sunday, every Sunday from 10 to 11. You just sort of ride your bike down there, and it's just hit or miss. Maybe you'll find somebody who's going on a ride out in your direction of the woods. Uh, bike Shed meetups, Italian Motorcycle Day at the Bike Shed, March 2nd, 9 to 12. Uh, the meetups are every Sunday from 10 to 11. So there's all kinds of cool stuff going on. A little bit farther up the coast, Michelle is going to take us to Malibu. Michelle. Yes. For those who miss the Country Mart meets and the other meets that have been shut those down. Were great. Those were great. Yeah. Well, apparently these guys are some of the people that used to enjoy the previous iterations. And they've come up with a new concept that they're going to try. And it starts on Sunday, March 3rd. It's called Malibu Autobahn Cars and Coffee. It's going to be at Gladstones, right? So you'd go down Sunset and then where it ends at PCH, that's where Gladstones is. Easy to find. So uh, apparently this is going to attract a lot of high-end supercar type of things. And you can show your car whatever you want to. You don't have to have a supercar. Uh, just go ahead and RSVP ahead of time on their website, which is MalibuAutobahn.com. And they're planning on having food available, a special menu at Gladstones for people who participate, and they'll have free coffee from Menotti's on site. And the, if, if this works out and they don't get shut down and everyone has a good time and doesn't do anything silly like burnouts and attracting the cops... They're going to try to do this the first Sunday of every month going forward. And it's the burnouts that ruin so many of these things. That when right. you're leaving a car show, don't do a burnout. If you don't <laughs> do a burnout, you can have the car show the next week. If you do a burnout, then you can't. It's as simple as that. So please don't do any more burnouts. And two more quick hits before we go on into the news section. NHRA Motorsports Museum, first Twilight Cruise uh, is uh, March 6th. Uh, so uh, get ready for that. It's the first Wednesday of every month. It goes throughout the summer. It's a lot of fun. A lot of cool cars show up there at the NHRA Motorsport Museum, 1101 West McKinley Avenue, Pomona, 4 to 7. Gates open at 3 o'clock. And one more quick plug, opening night, racing at Irwindale Speedway is Saturday, March 9th. So uh, plan ahead for that. And... While you're planning ahead, why not plan ahead to get some money to KPFK? Because this is pledge month and we need your money. This is not pledging like uh, Flounder and uh, the other guy in Animal House. This, no, this is where we get your money to keep the lights on and keep the broadcast going here. It's 110,000 our voices across Southern California from Bakersfield to San Diego uh, Michelle could even pick this up down in the Orange County area. So uh, we are asking for your support. Please 
call KPFK at 818-985-5735 or go to kpfk.org. Right, Michelle? Right. And the another thing to remember is if you have an extra car or two sitting around that you just don't care about anymore, maybe it's become something that you just really need to unload, uh, just pick up the phone and call and donate it to KPFK. And we will be eternally grateful for that, for your support, as we are for the support that we've gotten from everybody so far. And uh, thank you. Thank you to everybody. Let's move on now to, wait a second, the news section. Boy, we got a lot of calendar stuff that we didn't get to, but we'll get to that. That's all off in the future. Don't worry. We'll uh, keep you covered on all that stuff. First item of news, I found out about this. There's apparently a new drag strip in Paris, not Paris, France, Paris, California, P-E-R-R-I-S. The Street Legal Dragway is the name of it. Now, you think about you you think about drag strips. You think about tip, typically a quarter mile drag strip. The one at Irwindale is an eighth mile. This one is one sixteenth mile. That's three hundred and thirty feet, and it's in Southern California. It's at the Southern California Fairgrounds, also known as the Paris Fairgrounds in the city of Paris. The track uh, is, uh, caters specifically to street legal cars by definition, and uh, they also allow race cars. So come by with your street little car and, and go down 330 feet, do a grudge match, you know, gun the engine and uh, burn the tires there. You can do a burnout. It's perfectly fine. So uh, that's a, I think, a new- I think some cars, Mark will, will use the whole one sixteenth of the mile on first gear burning. First the, gear. The, the oh tire. yeah. Oh, I would. <laughs> I would take the RX-8 in first gear the whole way down there. All My right. question is, oh, 100%. How, how much space? How much space do you have to stop? Because that first yeah. three hundred feet, there are, <laughs> there are enough. There's enough stop stopping room. I, I saw on the there's a picture. There's an aerial shot of the of the strip. So there's enough room to stop. Don't worry. I gotta go out there when I go out to the race track because it's on the same property. I'm gonna see if I can take a look at it. Yeah, check it out and see. Uh, last time I looked at their website, they had no events scheduled yet. Uh, so uh, keep an eyeball out on that uh, for the uh, for upcoming stuff. And and once we well, once we hear something about it, we will for sure let you know. The website is streetlegaldragway.com. Uh, so keep checking on that, and we'll know when their first event is. It's possible that they're waiting for a little bit warmer weather. Uh, possible that they're waiting for it to stop raining which I mean, that's a welcome thing here in Southern California, a little bit of rain, not good for uh, drag racing, but Hey, why not have uh, drag racing with rain tires? I don't know. But uh, yep. anyway, so that's one item of news. Let's also, uh, I think it yes. also can, it, it may uh, appear in the Guinness world of records because I would not be surprised. I mean, if we a quarter mile, you know, funny car is doing, you know, the quarter mile in just a couple of seconds, I would imagine in this particular truck will be under a second. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yes>. Well, <laughs> if they got a full, you know, 10,000 horsepower funny well, car. It could happen then. Yeah. Right. I mean, <laughs> totally. it's conceivable. It is conceivable. I just want it to is... see it. EVs. <laughs> Those are quick. Yeah. 100% of torque at you know, just over zero RPM. So instant. So yeah, those would be the fun ones to see is the EVs. <laughs> those would be cool. Uh, but the uh, diesels, 
Let's move on. Diesel might not be around forever. Who knows? Uh, it seems the problem is everybody is getting caught cheating on diesels. So uh, we all know about Dieselgate, which was the uh, Volkswagen, but also Daimler and Cummins just got hit with a record-breaking fine, $1.675 billion with a B dollar fine. I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't have that lying around, and I don't know how much profit they have to pay that fine or how that fine's going to go, but that is that is a huge, that is a big number. So in the wake of, this was uh, a story by my AutoWeek colleague, Emmett uh, White. In the wake of Dieselgate, nearly 600,000 Volkswagen TDI models were affected with hundreds of thousands bought back by VW and nearly $35 billion in fines and settlements, which among other things resulted in our Electrify America network of That's electric right. vehicle yeah. charging stations, about yeah. half of which work at any given Wait time. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Just yes. a thought. If I'm that waiting. $35 billion were the start of Electrify America, this $1,675 million, you know, it's billions are, you know, a big, big number. Would that be just to another setup of charging systems across the United States? The money would be used for that, maybe? It wasn't just that, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know exactly what they're going to, um, but it, it since, wasn't just. Since, to... since infrastructure, it's it's the main thing. I, I think from from Volkswagen, I think it were $4 billion uh, used for Electrify America. Okay. But um, yeah, so uh, Daimler, Bosch, Stellantis, Cummins, all have been fined for that. And uh, so diesel, I don't know, man, it's not looking good for diesel. <laughs> well, but the reality, the reality mark is a 99% of all commercial transportation that is trucks, trains, uh, air, you know, um, ships, pretty much everything is on diesel. So to change that is going to take a long, long, long time. I think we use, we should use nuclear power. It makes, makes it a lot easier for everyone. Um, but even though they find it, there's just literally no replacement for all these farming equipment and all these things that we need to basically uh, create right. food Diesel and transportation. Diesel so. is, is necessary. And Ricardo is also uh, very well-versed in the uh, large uh, trucking industry. So he knows of what he speaks. We need diesels for that. But uh, these, uh, I think, had to do, for the most part, with the Volkswagens, the Fiats, and the Chrysler those fines were all based on passenger vehicles. Uh, so uh, we'll see what happens with that. We'll keep an eyeball on that. And let's, uh, while we're bashing diesel, let's bash hydrogen. Always a fun thing to do here on the <laughs> go, car show. Go, Mark, go. <laughs> well, I wrote a story many years ago called Hydrogen is Bunk. And uh, even uh, Elon Musk agrees on that. He doesn't think hydrogen is... And the problem with hydrogen is that you have to... First of all, you have to make the hydrogen. They say, oh, well, it can be made using electrolysis from solar power. Yeah, well, then you, you make it and that releases it. That, that's good if you can do that and figure out a way to compress it into a car tank. Good for you. But most of the hydrogen that we're talking about now is made through reformation of natural gas. And that releases a lot of pollutants to the air. So, um, you know. Uh, the, the news hook on this is that Shell closed down its hydrogen refueling stations here in California. Now, that wasn't that's not a huge number, 
of hydrogen refueling stations. I think the total number of uh, stations here in Southern California is about 54. And if you look, I had a uh, Toyota Mirai for a year. Yeah, it's 54 stations. <laughs> I had a Toyota Mirai for one year and I experienced a lot of uh, hydrogen life and about half of the stations uh, didn't work at any given moment. So, uh, you know, seven of those, seven or eight of those were high, uh, Shell and Shell is just saying, no, we're not going to do this. Now, Shell is still providing hydrogen for the larger trucks. They believe that that market is good, uh, medium and heavy duty trucks. So uh, interesting development. I'm sure Ricardo has uh, thoughts on that. No, I, 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 but I feel bad for the early adopters of this technology, people that has, you know, that is leasing uh, either a Toyota Mirai or the Hyundai uh, SUV, is it the Nexo? That because now they're going to be shortchanged on on how to refuel these these vehicles. So uh, I feel bad for them because again, early adopters sometimes they they suffer consequences, and this definitely is going to affect them. Well, this is only a, a certain percentage, a relatively small percentage of the total, but maybe it's a trend, maybe it's not. I don't know. <laughs> but hydrogen, I'll say it again, is bunk. There, we've said it, <laughs> but. We're going to get a legal opinion now on a completely different uh, yeah. <laughs> matter. We go to our Orange yes. County Bureau Chief, Michelle, to tell us uh, the latest in legal wrangling, this time in racing. Yes, because in racing, none of the cars have any alternative fuel, <laughs> at least in NASCAR, not yet. They say that the EVs are coming. They say this. We will see. But in legal news in NASCAR, it was announced that the NASCAR teams had a meeting with an attorney who's very well known for bringing lawsuits that are called class actions. Uh, these are usually lawsuits that are uh, busting up Ricos and things like that. White collar is what they call this uh, to see what they can do against the NASCAR officials to negotiate a new deal. Uh, the NASCAR teams have the deals going with the NASCAR officials led by Jim France for many years now. And things have changed. The way that they make money seems to be changing a lot like how it is with the SAG after people who said we want to get money and capture some income from streaming and other sources. Well, it's the same thing in racing. The racing teams are seeing that they're missing income because of the structure of their deal that they've had in place for many, many years. So they want to talk to NASCAR. NASCAR was actually invited to the meeting with the 15 teams and decided to not participate. So this is not good because NASCAR is asking for something. Or I mean, sorry, the NASCAR teams are asking for something to be changed. NASCAR does not seem to have any interest in it. And unfortunately, when you get those kinds of positions in place and heels get dug in, if they don't get what they want, and they seem to be getting primed up for a federal lawsuit to allege that the NASCAR officials have created a trust that needs to be busted, the antitrust people. But NASCAR is a private, isn't it private? It's owned by the, the France family. I mean, can't they do whatever they want. That's right. No, That's you, right. you can't have a monopoly no matter who, if you're public or private. 
Like, look really? at AT&T. That's public, right? And That's thanks to Teddy it. Roosevelt, right? I, I think <laughs> I think the reality is that racing itself, is, it's changing like everything else. Everything else is changing. I still believe that F1 would have not been where it is today without Bernie Ecclestone. He, he changed and transformed that and to what it is today. I think that NASCAR would have never been NASCAR without the, the, the France family. And yes, time changes, but the reality, I think it's, it, I think also teams need to readjust on how they are structured in terms of revenue. You know, we know that a lot of companies are not sponsoring uh, racing anymore. And also from the point of view of funds, people don't want to be at the racetrack for two days and, and just follow the race car for hours and hours and hours. Everything is pretty quick. You can see how these um, drifting scene has really taken off. Why? Because it's short, fast, a lot of action in a short time. The events are only half a day, usually night times. And that's what the new funds are looking for. I think it's, I, I don't think it's right to fault the, the NASCAR friends family. I think is they need to look at together what they need to do. Hiring attorneys uh, right off the bat, I think, uh, I, I Personally, I don't think it's the right move. I think they need to work out is this, what are the differences and see what do we need to do to move forward? What is the future of NASCAR? Does it have a future? Um, you know, these type of engines we know are, are becoming obsolete pretty soon. And they, there will be no NASCAR with electric cars. I mean, that it's not going to happen. So because that fan base will not uh, support it. So it's interesting. It's But there's, there's not there's not. There's not going to be a Camaro anymore. Uh, what does Chrysler have to enter if Chrysler was Nothing. even ever going to be mm -hmm. entered? Toyota will still have, uh, what, a Camry? A quote-unquote Camry. Yeah. I mean, right. these cars all have to meet the mm -hmm. exact same dimension, so it almost doesn't matter what right. they put out you there. You can't tell. Like, like you, you look at the Joey Logano's car, and you can't tell the difference between his and, you know, Kyle Bush's. They all look the same. <laughs> they, are, they, are, they are. Except for the little the stickers you know, they, they put on it. It's almost so. a big series, so... Yeah, so uh, I'll keep my eyes posted, and if there is a federal court case on this, I'll bring you up to speed on that. Thank you, thank you. Bring us up to speed on uh, what's happening at Rivian, also down at your uh, mm -hmm. in your area of your bureau chiefdom. Yeah, uh, what's going on? A lot of people don't know that um, Irvine is just like the capital for now in Southern California of where the car manufacturers are headquartered. Uh, Rivian is one of them. You know, we have Mazda here, we have Ford. Uh, we have Hyundai and Kia all right here within, you know, five miles of my house. Uh, and also, I think, uh, uh, not Fisker. Aptera? Yes. Fisker is down there, right? Yeah, Fisker uh, or Karma. Karma Automotive is here. Uh, Karma and Fisker are both down yeah, there. Both. I think so. I, yeah. I know Karma is. I've seen that. I don't know exactly where. Um, so Rivian. But Rivian is uh, announcing that they have already been supplying some of their commercial vans. Now, these aren't readily available. You can't just go and buy them. Uh, they're for commercial applications only. They're specially retrofitted vans for deliveries. And so Amazon's been using 10,000 Rivians specially made for them to do deliveries already. The big news is they put in an order for another 100,000. Now, that's Ricardo has some thoughts on this. Well, I'm thinking the reality is that I think Rivian is suffering a little bit like any other car manufacturer. And it's not so easy to build a car from scratch. And I think a lot of these new manufacturers, uh, they wanted to take advantage of the EV market, but then they realized that the quality control, the build, all that is not that simple. 
my understanding is Rivian is having a little bit of issues here and there. But also, you know, the stock price has dropped 25% <laughs> this year. So, you you know, in a year when you when your stock mar uh, values drop 25%, uh, you need to keep investors happy. And maybe an order like this will help bring in the stock value up. I don't know. How far away are they from making even the first 10,000? Uh, from the original order, let alone the this new order for a hundred thousand. Does anybody know how many Rivians have actually been made for commercial purposes so far for Amazon? They have the ten thousand. They were already delivered and they're in use. Those are retrofits of another existing van. Oh no, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said the word retrofit. Oh, I mean, specially created, custom. Okay. So they've they've built ten thousand. Well, they're they're on the yeah. way. Then I mean, that's it's not. Yeah. Uh, it's not just smoke and mirrors. I will say, uh, my friend, I guess I should he should remain anonymous. He has an R1S, and I have ridden in this for long journeys, and I found it quite comfortable, and it, it worked fine when I had it. But reports from him are that he is having trouble with his screen going dead, and once the screen goes dead, you can't do anything with the car because everything goes through the screen. And so uh, just pure anecdotal you know, a, a survey of one, he's not happy. But mm -hmm. uh, I guess you hear that uh, most people I've, since hearing from him, I have actually gone up to people driving Rivians just in the street and say, hey, do you like your car? And they say, oh yeah, they all say, have said yes. So anecdotally, uh, he appears to be in the minority, but mm. maybe they do have yeah. a couple of uh, things to work on still. The other, just to wrap it up, is the AT&T order. They had an, an order also for, some vans and R1 trucks that AT&T has ordered and they're getting delivered. They said early this year. Now, okay. what are the subsidies for these electric trucks? Cause all these vehicles will have subsidies. Do we know the amount for that subsidy that we taxpayers are helping with? <laughs> I do not. I don't, I don't know that, but uh, I will say I'm not in favor or against subsidies. I'm just saying that pretty much everything is subsidized. Look at the farming agriculture. Uh, they are massively subsidized. Even the oil industry is subsidized. Everybody is getting subsidies. Um, so, and in the case of electric cars, if a subsidy helps to advance the cause of an electric car, now I say this being somewhat of an electric car wacko with two of them uh, in my own personal fleet and solar panels on the roof of my house that in theory could charge them. Practice, you know, on a day like today, they're not charging anything, but they are getting cleaned <laughs> off. So I, I think I, I would say that uh, Rivian, uh, Rivian, what am I talking about? Uh, that, you know, if you if you get a um, so-called subsidy for it, I'm not necessarily against that. But that's why we have number of voices, three voices here. And uh, Ricardo has has, you know, just as legitimate a point of view on that. So you go, Ricardo. On another news, this is good news. <laughs> 25% of the car collectors are under 40 years old. And I thought very interesting because I was just looking at some of the Toyota Supras out there. And 1980s, 1990s Supras are bringing more money than the 2020 used Supras. <laughs> you know, so, so I thought that was interesting. Mm, that's um, because they're cooler. They're cooler. <laughs> Where did you get that statistic, Ricardo? Uh, from Jonathan Shaw from Hemmings. Okay, Hemmings did it. I guess that's huh. that's interesting. I wonder, you know, being cynical, I would wonder if Hemmings wants to. It's in their benefit to get to keep the collector car industry alive. Oh and yeah. If, if they if they make it seem like uh, collectors are young and 
good looking uh-huh. and whatever else. And well, but I tell you that I also big when I hear that I just looked at uh, bring a trailer auctions and yes. there, there is a very nice right now there is a very nice uh, red Supra uh, early eighties that uh, is very tempting because I actually work on those cars. There you go. Aha! I remember. I remember these cars, you know, and, That's and the I really like that. Yeah, the straight six and that you know wedge-looking uh, yeah. body. Yeah, cool. muscle car it's from cool. Japan. Yeah, yeah, and it's right. super reliable. Super, super reliable. All right. So, so but, were there any you know, numbers up? They're already going for forty, fifty thousand dollars. The the nineties are going for a seventy-five, ninety thousand dollars. <sighs> wow. You know, well, so you know, I think I think they're right when they tell me when they gave me this data because I can see it that yes, these transactions are happening. And with all those money figures thrown around, let's talk about one more kind of money that you can throw around. You can throw it our way to here at KPFK. This is our fun drive month. All month we're going to be asking you to help support us, help keep us on the air. KPFK is going through a little bit of an upheaval now. They are uh, moving to a temporary headquarters while refurbishing the old ancient uh, building there in uh, across from Universal Studios. And we need financial support from you, the listener. So please do not hesitate to go to kpfk.org, make a donation there, or call, call us at 818-985-5735 and please send us something. Ricardo's going to match any $20 donation. Very generous of him. Please uh, step up to the plate. Give uh, some money to kpfk.org or call us at 818-985-5735 and support not just the car show, although we appreciate the car show. If you call during this hour, we get the credit for it. We look good. So when they're having their big meeting with all the other all the other shows that are on there, they they go down the list. They go, oh, car show brought in this amount of money. Maybe we won't fire those guys. Uh, so uh, please support the car show. Support KPFK at 818-985-5735. It's easy to do. You make that call or you just go on the website, kpfk.org. And uh, we appreciate your support there. We also appreciate cars that we get to drive. We're going to start out with an interesting one that Ricardo just had. Ricardo, what did you think? Well, I, more than a car. I, I, I was very surprised. A company that is almost 100 years old, 1917, the Dodge Brothers, the Ram. It used to be the Dodge truck. Now is the Ram truck. And the Ram truck, it's the number one in customer satisfaction. There must be a reason why. And as I had the opportunity to sort of preview this truck that is not even available yet, but it's coming very, very soon to dealers. Uh, the new Ram Tungsten, Tungsten, you know, just like the drill bits, you know, Tungsten, this very That's hard material. That's an element. It's on the periodic table. Very there you hard. Go. There you tungsten go. Very, steel. Very Can't beat it. Tung- so oh, anyway, this is beat the- it. <laughs> With a hammer. <laughs> Sorry, I'm interrupting. Go ahead. That's all right. That's all right. It's the, so this is the new model from Ram, and definitely it's a premium truck. I was amazed by the interior of this truck. I mean, the quality, the textures, and all the accessories that are inside this car, it, it, this truck, it converts the really into a deluxe car, which is also a truck. I was very, very impressed, especially by the colors of the interior. I, I love this bison and sea salt, but really 
it's almost everything that you will want in a car. This is what I was amazed to me. Now you're saying you know, car, but this is a this is a full size pickup truck. Full, yeah, it's a full size pickup truck. Is the Ram 1500? Ram 1500. Two, okay, two wheel drive or four wheel drive. But the, when you're driving it, yeah, of course you're you know off the ground. You are driving a truck, but it's super smooth. I was like, wow, very very surprised. Now, the biggest news for this Ram is there's no more Hemi, and I don't know if the fans are going to miss it or not. They have a new engine that is an inline six-cylinder engine, twin turbo, a turbo that serves the, the, the first three cylinders and another one for the other three. The power output is amazing, 546 horsepower. That's a lot of power, more, more than the V8s. Uh, out of a three-liter engine, which really, if you think about it, that's not so big of an engine, a lot of torque, and uh, it has a, a, a cool intercooler for to, to cool the air that is getting into the combustion chamber. A package that is very tight. I was surprised how compact this engine was, especially when you put it in such a big truck. And the performance was flawless. I mean, you could never tell. I think if you if no one tells you what type of engine is under the hood, uh, you will never guess that is a three-liter engine. So obviously, the engineers have done a very, very good job on that. Yes. One question about that. Uh, you talk about uh, displacement, the straight six versus a V8, and they can match the peak output. I can, I can see how they could do that with the twin turbos. But what right. about the output at lower RPM? Do you notice any lack of torque or even horsepower at lower RPM when you were driving it? I didn't. And I think the reason is because the transmission that they're using is very well matched to the engine torque. Therefore, you know, you can't really tell because it will stay on any gear a little bit longer than it needs to usually, you know, if you have a, a, a big V8 motor. So I think the, the, the transmission is what's also uh, making it an improvement because it's seamless. You don't feel when it's changing gears. But if you're looking at the tack, right, you can see that needle moving, you know, up and down, up and down. So it's it's definitely working very hard. You drove the tungsten model, which is the top of the line for the That's Ram right. 1500 uh, range. And uh, it was it worth it? Like, did it cost? How much more did it cost to get into a tungsten than to just uh, start off with a base model? Do you, do you happen to have prices around? Yes, the base model, the base model 1500 Ram is going to start around the $40,000. Okay. Uh, the tungsten starts at 87000 If you put a couple of options in California with tax and license, it's going to be probably in the mid-90s very easily. But then again, That's a lot. it's a lot, but then I compare the numbers with the Ford and, and GMC comparable models. And pretty much it's right there. The pricing is about the same. And obviously people like to have these premium vehicles because those are selling. They're selling okay. very, very well. I like, like I said, the, the interior. It reminded me It reminded me a bit of, remember when the Grand Wagoneer came out? Yeah. The interior was like really, you never expected that interior from a Jeep. Really right? nice interior, yeah. So it, so it gave me that same impression, the same attention to details, very high quality materials. That you could feel, you know. I mean, this the the textures on the seats. It, it automatically reminded me of a Volvo. Remember, Volvo has very good leather on their on their interiors. And they that's have very nice seats. Me. I yeah, yeah, I agree with you there. It reminded um, me of that right away. Uh, it the, comes with twenty two inch wheels, which also gives it a, a you know sort of a distinct appearance uh, compared to the eighteen uh, inch wheels of the standard models. Uh, there will be five trims. Uh, the the driver and passenger. Uh, seats 
uh, have the massage system on them so to relax you while you're at it and another thing that is interesting is that they have a new gps enabled active drive uh, assist system that i don't want to call it myself sort of like autopilot or 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 autonomous because it's not but on any road that there is good gps reception pretty much all the interstate highways in the united states uh pretty much you could drive uh just resting your hands on the steering wheel uh it will pretty much drive by itself it will be able to slow down and accelerate by itself if you're into traffic it will even completely get to a stop and then start again without you touching the pedals so it's uh, level two autonomy then Sounds yeah, like. it's, 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 it's a level two. It's even able to pass a vehicle. So, and what I like is that I never felt that the assist was intrusive, but I know that they have the auto emergency braking that will assist you not just to stop, but also to steer the vehicle in a direction. You know, if you feel that it's, it's too compromised, you know, for an accident, it will steer the vehicle in, in left or right, wherever it finds the spot on the sonar. So All that, right. I thought, uh, that's pretty good. And coming up with the uh, Ram 1500 will be the RHO in the third quarter of 2024. Yeah. It, will be, it will essentially be the new TRX, but it will also have the uh, Hurricane with, uh, from what I understand, 540 horses. So that we're looking forward to that and see, uh, see when that comes. And uh, the electric Ram Rev is uh, slated for the fourth quarter of 2024. So... And that's supposed to have 663 horsepower Ram Charger plug-in hybrid after that. So there's a lot going on there, but that's not the only place where things are going on. In a more suburban area uh, mm -hmm. area of automotive, uh, Michelle, take us to Sweden for Volvo. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like Ricardo was saying, the interior leather in the Volvo, uh it's Napa leather. Yes. I had two Volvos in a row. Uh, I'll start off with the, the plug-in hybrid that I had. This is the Volvo XC60, and they call it the uh, Recharge. And uh, it's an E all-wheel drive. So this, uh, just to give you an idea of where it fits, it's a mid-size SUV, so it only has two rows, not the three. Um, if you want the three, you go to the XC90. Sorry, right? so this is the XC60, so it's in the middle. And there's a smaller one, the XC40. Uh, but this comes in a plug-in hybrid or just a regular gas engine if you want. Now, I, I have to uh, interrupt just to say that Volvo actually just renamed everything. <laughs> so after... <laughs> Uh, so, uh, yeah, it's gonna, it throws pretty much everything out the window. Now, normally renames drive people crazy, and this certainly will. Uh, so it just launched the all-electric EX30 compact crossover, and uh -huh. it is rebranding that. Let's see. Uh, Volvo is rebranding its XC40 as the C40 Recharge. And <laughs> I don't even know. Go to autoweek.com and, and just <laughs> Google that because I – I can't get through that. So, so the 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 names that we're using right now may or may not carry on into the future. But Michelle drove these cars and loved them. So, yeah. whatever they're called, they're going to be cool. Whatever they're, yeah. You know, Volvos in general, the, these are luxury cars, just right off the bat. 
and they do fit well for a suburban lifestyle. They're, they're just the old reliable shoes of the car world. They are comfortable. They're simple. They're not frilly or overly, you know, crazy done in wacky colors or anything. They're just stately and classic and they will be timeless. And they do have a crystal shifter. Yes. <laughs> it's made cool. of orifers. Cool. <laughs> orifers. Swedish crystal is an option on your shifters, Real even on crystal. your automatic. Wow. wow. Yes. And orifers is beautiful. I took so many photos of it to put on my social media. Uh, in both cars, I was lucky to get that shifter. Now, it isn't standard on all trim levels. So, you know, if you, it, it, I need, it does add a lot to the beauty of the interior, along with the real wood and real metal that is inside. And then the padding just on the, 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 the armrests, you know, your elbow rests in the console and on the, on your driver's side, oh, they're padded with leather. It's just, it, it's just beautiful inside and just the steel touches that they have. There's beautiful covers over the speakers, which by the way, the sound system is incredible in these cars. I was listening to a talk show, not surprising. And the host was, it sounded like he was sitting right next to me in the passenger seat talking and I hadn't done anything to adjust the sound. It just, whoever was in the car before me had dialed it in so well. It was incredible. Uh, it's the Harman Kardon is the base, but mine was equipped with the Bowers and Wilkins premium sound system. And that does cost you another $3,200, both in the XC60 and the other Volvo that I tested. But it sounds uh, like it was worth yeah. it, huh? Beautiful. Now, the competitors are the Mercedes GLC, the Audi Q5, and the BMW X3. But look, the Swedes outdo the Germans here. <laughs> It's just beautiful. You get three years of maintenance included. You're going to have a solid experience. Volvos are known so much for safety. That's where they beat the Germans. They, you know, you just can't beat a Volvo on safety. And uh, it's got plenty of horsepower. It is a plug-in hybrid. So you get 36 miles on your EV before you switch to gas in this thing. So if you're just taking your kids to school, by the way, you probably have a private school <laughs> if you have a Volvo. This is this is a different demographic. That's true. It, that's the demographic. To, but I have to say that through the years, uh, Volvo has remained with these interiors. They're very, very plush and very, very nice. You know, I have to say the the, the texture uh, of the materials are always felt, and you know, the, when you touch anything inside the car, even the wood the seed, anything, you know, you have that contact with materials that you feel this is a high quality. So it creates a very nice ambience altogether. Yes, and and to get a very nice ambience on your radio, support KPFK here by going to kpfk.org or calling us directly on the phone. Just pick up the phone or if you are right now driving down the road, just do that, hit that little button where you can call in to 818 nine eight five five seven three five and please support the wonderful programming that you get here year round on kpfk so go to kpfk.org or give us a call at 818 
985-575-3735. Don't sit there. This is all listener supported. There are no commercials on this. Have you noticed that? We're not even plugging anybody. We're not saying, buy a Chevrolet today. And then we say, hey, I drove this Chevy and I really liked it. No, it's not like that. This is objective journalism here on the car show, as you will find on all the programming here on KPFK. So many of the programmers here give so much to bring these shows to you, to bring perspective to you that you're not going to get anywhere else. And we need your support to keep bringing it in. The number to call is 818-985-5735. If you can pledge before the end of the hour, the credit goes to the car show here. And like I said, when they're sitting around in the big ivory tower, they're doing those many, those, you know, big executive meetings and they say, Oh, the car show, they brought in a lot of money. Let's keep them on the air. So in order to do that, we need support from you. So call 818-985-5735 or go log on to kpfk.org and please give. Give till it hurts or give till it feels good because it's going to feel good if we're still on the air. And we're going to be off the air in just a second because we're almost out of time. Our hour is almost up. So call KPFK 818-985-5735 or go to kpfk.org. You can even donate your car. Go to kpfk.org and there's a button there that will help you to donate your car. Get that clunker out of the driveway. Push it, pull it, drag it, and we'll uh, come and get it and you'll be done with that thing. So I think we're just about out of time, right, Ricardo? We want to touch bases with you next Saturday. So tune in. We'll be here with Michelle, Mark, myself, giving you the calendar, where to go, what to see. And it's such a we're so lucky to live in Southern California where it's the center of the car culture. Mark. It's all here, and it will be here next week and every week with your support. We're looking forward to hearing from you. Please give us a call. Thank you, and we'll see you again next week on The Car Show. Coming up this week on L.A. Theatre Works. Darius McReel is bright, well-spoken, and charismatic. But is this recently pardoned ex-con electable? I was there the night Patrick Cragen got shot. What do you mean you were there? I was present. At the murder? Yeah. Eric Stoltz and Chris Butler star in McReel by Stephen Belber. Next time on L.A. Theatre Works. That's this Sunday evening from 10 p.m. until midnight. L.A. Theatre Works right here on KPFK. It's leap year, and following this first fun drive of the year, KPFK is making a great leap. We're relocating our operations temporarily from our historic North Hollywood home to a spot in Glendale, about seven miles east. KPFK was launched in 1959 with the great leap of faith that listeners would sustain its operations with their donations. And as we make the figurative leap across the Hollywood Hills and the L.A. River, your continued donations will assist us in making what we hope will be a soft landing. 
Our drive continues until March 8th, and with the extra day in February, you have expanded opportunities to show your support by donating online at kpfk.org or by calling in your donation at 818-985-5735 and pressing option 2. or whatever amount fits your budget affirms your faith in the station that brings you information not easily found elsewhere and that helps your understanding of the issues of the day. Thanks for your support.